Good morning, church. Uh, so we're, we're coming into the last three weeks now of this Naturally Supernatural series, and we're just going to up the ante a bit. So having laid some foundations by talking about the normal Christian life, uh, about the kingdom of God, the importance of the kingdom, understanding the kingdom, bringing the kingdom, uh, the motivation of love and, and how that must be central at the heart of all of this. And then by looking at the rocks, those rocks, those attitudes of our hearts that can get in the way of living a naturally supernatural life. Having done that, we're turning again to some particular outworkings of the naturally supernatural life to, to really challenge us to, to go for it, to, to live this life out. Uh, so next week, we've got a guest speaker coming who's, who's going to share lots of stories about seeing the kingdom of God break out in amazing ways on the streets, in cafes, uh, through ordinary Christians. And my hope is that that will, it will both inspire us, but also challenge us. And then we'll be finishing the series in a couple of weeks by focusing again on the need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the importance of the presence of God. But today we're going to talk about a particular aspect of the naturally supernatural life, which is healing, healing. And we're going to have an opportunity to pray for healing as well. Now, of course, healing is one of those subjects that we can get terribly tied up in knots on, so much so that it can cause us to back off praying for healing. You know, what if God doesn't heal that person? Or what if I don't have enough faith? Or what's the right way to pray for healing? You know, we can get tied up in knots. Here's how I've heard it expressed uh, by somebody recently. To tread a biblical line on healing is like walking along a narrow road between two big ditches. And it's very easy to fall into either one of those ditches and get stuck and stop praying for healing. The first ditch is passivity. Passivity, and that's often masked as trusting in God's sovereignty. You know, if God is going to heal, he will heal. I don't need to pray or, or take authority over sickness or anything like that. God will do what he will do. But I think the reality is that it's, it's often not so much about trusting in God's sovereignty. It's more that you don't actually trust God. Uh, and that's probably because of disappointments in the past or in the present where you've prayed for healing, maybe for yourself or for others, and you may have prayed repeatedly and it hasn't happened. And of course, I spoke about that in a lot more detail a few weeks ago, how we how we process disappointment, that, that rock of disappointment. But whether it's disappointment or unbelief, skepticism, fear, or any of those rocks, it's caused you to fall into the ditch of passivity where you're not praying for healing or the extent of the healing prayer is, Lord, give the doctor wisdom, which is not a bad prayer, but it can be a bit of a cop out if we're honest. So the ditch of passivity on one side, result, you have stopped praying for healing. And then on the other side, the other ditch is the hyper faith ditch. You know the kind of thing I mean, name it and claim it. Healing is supposed to happen right now. And if you have enough faith, it will happen. And if you're not healed, it's because of your lack of faith or the lack of faith of the person praying for you. And of course, that view of healing it just ends up leaving a lot of wreckage and condemnation in its wake. And, and actually experience would say it, it is simply not true. I mean, I know I've prayed for people for healing in utter lack of faith, really not expecting anything at all. And, and I've seen them healed, much to my surprise. And I know I've prayed for people where I've been feeling absolutely full of faith, convinced that God is going to do a, a work here and they haven't been healed, much to my disappointment. 
But the hyperfaith model of healing, it will most likely end with the same result as the passivity on the other side. Because you might come into it absolutely full of faith, brimming with faith, completely fired up. But then you hit the occasion where God doesn't heal someone. And you probably end up a bit angry with God, shaking your fist at God, because actually you've got no framework for, for processing God not healing somebody. It doesn't fit into your framework. And so it's the same effect. You end up not praying for healing anymore, but for different reasons. Or it might be disillusionment when a, a high profile healing ministry that's really inspired you, it goes wrong. And, and that has happened on more than one occasion. You end up backing off praying for healing because of the hurt. So there's the passivity ditch and there's the hyperfaith ditch, which both result in the end in not praying for healing. Maybe you recognize one or both of those. Maybe you find yourself right now in one of those ditches. But I believe that we should pray for supernatural healing at every opportunity, not just when we're feeling it uh, or when our faith has been boosted by hearing a really great story, but because of what we see in God's word. And so I just want to quickly outline three key foundations from the life of Jesus that I think are solid foundations for us to stand on and to be encouraged to continue to pray for healing today, even in the mystery of it. And then we'll have a bit of time to pray for healing for ourselves. So the first foundation is the model of Jesus, the model of Jesus. In Acts chapter 10, Peter is sharing the gospel at Cornelius's house. And this is how he summarized the life of Jesus in verse 38. And by the way, this is the verse that we started this series with that, that Wendy Mann spoke on right back in week one. So verse 38 of Acts 10, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Now, that's how Peter summarized the life of Jesus. And you'll notice healing was central to that. And Jesus lived his life as a model for his followers to follow. He modeled something for, for us to follow and to imitate. He passed the baton on to his disciples. And in turn, that baton has been passed down through the generations of Jesus' followers to us. And Jesus himself said to his disciples in John 14, 12, he said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And he goes on to explain that they will have the Holy Spirit. They will have power through the Holy Spirit and they will be equipped to do all the things that Jesus did, including healing and miracles. Jesus went around doing good. That's what it says in Acts 10. Jesus went around doing good. Why did Jesus do that? Why did he go around doing good? Well, what we see time and time again in the Gospels is that Jesus was moved by compassion. He wasn't out to make himself look good. He wasn't making a name for himself. He wasn't putting on a show. It was about compassion. He loved the people. He was moved by compassion. And that's another thing that he modeled for us. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that my compassion can get drained pretty quickly. Um, so when we feel powerless over a situation, we can very easily become indifferent and hard hearted, but not Jesus. He didn't do that. He was moved by compassion and he saw seemingly impossible situations as an opportunity for God to be glorified. And so he healed people all the time. It's just what he did. You can't miss it in the Gospels. It's pretty much on every page. Jesus healed. It wasn't a sideline. It wasn't something he did occasionally. Healing 
it was center stage in his ministry. Now, I heard Simon Holly telling a story uh, about a lady he met in the Middle East who had been a Muslim, but had come to faith in Jesus. And he asked her how that had happened. And so she said that she had had rheumatoid arthritis, really crippling rheumatoid arthritis when she was in her 20s. And she had tried all the doctors, all the specialists. They couldn't help her. She had tried natural remedies. Nothing worked. She had gone to the imam in the mosque who had prayed and nothing happened. She tried other Eastern religion routes and nothing worked. She tried everything. She spent loads of money. Nothing worked. Until in desperation, one night, she cried out, Jesus, if you are real, please heal me. And then that night, she had a dream where Jesus appeared and poured water over her head and said, I'm baptizing you into my name. Go and find a church and get baptized. You are healed. And she woke up in the morning and she was completely healed. The rheumatoid arthritis had completely gone, disappeared. And then she went and found a church and she got baptized. I mean, it's an amazing story. It's a great story. But the point is that this is what Jesus modeled. It's what he did all the time in the gospels, but it's also what he is still doing today. Jesus doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus who was going around healing people 2,000 years ago, he's still healing today through his people. And so the model that Jesus set for his followers is a great foundation for us to have confidence to pray for healing today. So the model of Jesus. And the second foundation is the cross of Jesus. Matthew 8, 16 to 17. When evening came, Many who were demon-possessed were brought, brought to him, to Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. And this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Now, Matthew is quoting from Isaiah 53. It's a very well-known passage. It's a very well-known prophecy about the cross and about what would be achieved on the cross by the Messiah, by the Saviour. And so Matthew is interpreting the fact that Jesus healed everybody, he healed all of them. He's interpreting that in the light of what Isaiah prophesied about the cross, that it's because of what he would do and what he has done on the cross, the power of the cross, that means he takes our sickness and he heals our diseases. There's a key link between the power of the cross, what was achieved on the cross and healing. And we know it. We know that the cross and the resurrection of Jesus is the turning point of history. It, it set in motion an irreversible restoration of creation, some of which we see now, much of which we will see in the future. But part of what was achieved on the cross is that Jesus takes our sickness and he heals our diseases. And so if you believe in the cross and the resurrection, if you have confidence in the cross of Christ and what was achieved on the cross, if you, if you believe that because of the cross, our sins can be forgiven, then we must also believe that because of the cross, healing can happen. Now, as I said earlier, in the hyper faith model, some people take this way too far by saying that, you know, because of the power of the cross, Every disease should be healed right now. It's just about having enough faith. And if you don't see that healing, it's because you're lacking faith, which, as I said before, it just leaves a lot of wreckage and condemnation and disillusionment in its wake. I remember hearing a church leader called PJ Smythe speaking about healing a, a few years ago at a gathering in, in Brighton. 
And he was talking about his own experience of having cancer and how he was full of faith for healing because he believed in the power of the cross. And, and he and many others would pray faith-filled prayers for him to be healed. But he also didn't presume to know what God was going to do. And he accepted that there's a possibility that God might not heal him. But that even in that situation, according to Romans 8.28, God would use that situation for good, even if he didn't heal him. Now, some people accused him of lacking faith and that that would be the reason that he wouldn't be healed. Because by acknowledging that God might not heal him, that that's a possibility that he wasn't fully claiming his healing. And he said that what helped him was something written in Daniel 3, where uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego they're being threatened by King Nebuchadnezzar with being thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down to his statue. And um, what they said to the king uh, in verse 17 was this. They said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. I mean, they're not really lacking faith, are they? They're, they're, they're really claiming they're rescued. They're really believing for it. But in the very next line, they say, but even if he does not, even if it, we absolutely know that God is going to rescue us. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. They had absolute faith, absolute expectation of God's rescue without presumption. It's the same with healing. Uh, PJ Smythe was healed of the cancer, by the way, and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were rescued by Jesus, the, the fourth person in the furnace. It's the same with healing. We can pray, we can absolutely pray with faith and expectation for healing. And we can continue to trust and worship God, even if that healing doesn't happen now. And we do that in the sure and certain knowledge that because of the power of the cross, one day you will be healed for eternity. You know, in the context of eternity, this lifetime is, is such a tiny part of it. It's just a, a blip in the context of eternity. If you're struggling with sickness and you're a Christian, you are going to be healed for eternity. Now, we don't know if that will be today or not, but we can certainly pray with faith and expectation. So the model of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, and then the third foundation is the command of Jesus. So in Luke 9 verses 1 to 2, it says this, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Jesus modelled it and he told his disciples to do it. It wasn't an optional extra. You know, healing was tied into the mandate that Jesus gave his disciples. He gave them power and authority, and he still gives us power and authority today through the Holy Spirit. And note, Jesus doesn't even say pray or ask for people to be healed. He just tells them to heal the sick in the power and authority that he has given them, which is why you'll often hear people commanding sickness to leave in the name of Jesus. So praying for healing is a thing of obedience. It's what Jesus tells us to do. And any of the arguments that we might come up with to not pray for healing, you know, like I, I've never seen anyone healed or I don't really think it's a gift that God has given me or, or what if it makes God or me look bad if the healing doesn't happen? Well, all of those arguments, they start to sound pretty hollow 
when we consider that it's simply what Jesus told us to do. And if he's Lord of your life, it's not an option. He tells us, preach the kingdom and heal the sick. And you know, if we had no other reasons to pray for healing, this is a good one. Jesus told us to. And they took that really seriously in the early church. There are multiple stories in the book of Acts of people being miraculously healed. They followed what Jesus had modeled and shown them. They, they followed Jesus' command to them and they did it in the power and authority that Jesus gave them through the Holy Spirit. Now we do also see that element of mystery in the early church. So at the end of his second letter to Timothy, Paul mentions one of his co-workers called Trophimus. And he says, I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. But then less than two years later, Paul, he's shipwrecked on the island of Malta. And as part of the story, he heals the chief official's father, the, the island's chief official's father. And then it says that the rest of the sick on the island came and they were cured. Everybody was healed. Everybody on the island of Malta who needed it was healed. And Paul gives no theological explanation for either of these events. And he's the same person. It's the same Paul. We presume that he would have prayed for Trophimus, but Trophimus wasn't healed. But clearly this wasn't a reason for Paul to back off praying for healing. He was able to hold these things in tension, these, these seemingly contradictory events, these seemingly contradictory things. He was able to hold them in tension and keep on trusting God. And we know that there's mystery in all this. We know that we're in a battle and that there are things that we don't understand. Why is this person healed and not that person? Why can I see breakthrough in other people's lives while I'm still waiting for the same breakthrough in my own life? There is mystery. There are things that we don't understand, but it doesn't mean that we back off. It, it takes humility of heart to accept the mystery, to embrace the mystery and say, you are God and I am not. And I'm going to do what you told me to do. I don't get it, but I'm not going to stop. I'm going to contend for that healing. I'm going to keep contending. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep persisting. I think it was John Wimber um, who, who was one of the founders of the Vineyard Church movement. John Wimber, who said, I would rather pray for a hundred people and see just one person healed than pray for no one and see no one healed. And that's a great model for us. It's a great attitude for us to have. We just keep praying for healing. But actually, we have so many reasons to be encouraged because of the healings that we have seen. I mean, just in this last year, I, I can think of uh, backs, knees, shoulders that have been healed in an instant. And I I've had the opportunity, uh, following words of knowledge being given, the opportunity to pray for kidney conditions and blood clots. Uh, at Easter, we shared the amazing story from Sam and Benny whose newborn daughter, Helena, was she was miraculously healed against all odds. She wasn't meant to survive, according to doctors. And they celebrated her first birthday just this weekend. Praise God. Now, that's just over this last year. And we've seen some incredible healings over the course of many years. That should encourage us to keep praying. That, along with the knowledge that the kingdom is always increasing. Jesus compared the kingdom to yeast that starts small, but it multiplies, and it multiplies to work its way through the whole batch of dough. And he compared the kingdom to a seed that grows into a big tree. The kingdom is growing. The kingdom of God is advancing. The kingdom has come with Jesus, and that included healing. The kingdom continues to come today, and it brings more healing. And then one day the kingdom will fully come. 
a day when there will be no more sickness and all things will be restored and renewed. So the model of Jesus, the cross of Jesus and the command of Jesus, these are foundations that keep us going even when we feel discouraged. We pray for healing because Jesus told us to. We pray for healing because Jesus has given us authority. And we pray for healing because we have seen healing and we want to see a whole lot more. Amen? Amen. Well, look, let's have a bit of fun with this now. Let's make some space. Uh, let's create a moment for God to move in healing power and, and let's just see what he wants to do. I mean, God's not phased by the fact that you're watching this on a screen. He is right there with you. And so, Lord, I pray, I pray for your presence to come and for your presence to be tangible wherever and whenever people are watching this. And why don't you just pray now? Just pray for God to be with you. Pray to be touched by his presence. Ask him to come. Just say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, our prophetic team has been seeking God this week for any words of knowledge, uh, about particular people or particular conditions that he wants to heal. So uh, we've had three words of knowledge submitted, so I'm just gonna read those out to you now. So one says this, I believe that the Lord wants to heal someone with tennis elbow in their left elbow. And I believe it may be someone who is male with ginger hair. So that's the first one. Second word of knowledge, the Lord spoke to me about someone with spinal issues. The prognosis, looks like that's it, that they're gonna to have to live with it and manage the condition as best they can. But our good, good father is saying, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God, your father wants to make a way of escape and heal you, heal you of this because nothing is too difficult for him. Put your trust and hope in him. He cares endlessly for you. And then the third one, says this, I feel that God wants to heal someone with tinnitus, a persistent noise in their right ear, and that it's been disturbing their sleep. God wants to take the distress from you and bring peace and rest. So if any of those words apply to you, or it might be for someone you know, or it might be that part of one of those words applies to you. You know, it might be that you have tinnitus, but it's in your left ear or something like that. That's okay. It can just give you a sense of confidence in approaching God. But actually, we're going to pray for anybody who needs healing this morning. And there's no magic formula to this. We're just going to invite God to come and heal. So if you have a physical pain or a physical condition, what I'm going to ask you to do is just place a hand on the part of your body that is affected. So, you know, if you have a bad back, just place a hand on your back. If you have a bad neck, just place a hand on your neck. And it, it, it's just saying to God, it's just saying to him, look, I, this is what I want you to heal. It's just a physical act that says something to him. And of course, you may have asked for healing many times before. Well, just ask again. Just keep asking him. And also you can do this if you're praying for someone else, still place a hand on that part of the body that you're praying for. God knows what and who you're praying for. Now, if it's to do with emotional pain, you can just place a hand over your heart. If it's to do with depression or tormenting thoughts or anxiety, mental health issues, just, just place a hand on your head and invite God in to heal your thoughts, heal your thinking. So I'm gonna pray now, as we, as we lay hands on ourselves, I'm gonna pray now. Lord, I thank you that 
you love us you love us so much and you love you absolutely love to heal and you're still healing today and just as some of us have as an act of faith have placed our hands on an area of pain well i pray that you would work through that to bring healing in jesus name i thank you jesus that you have authority over sickness over disease over pain and it's in the power and the authority of jesus that i command sickness to go and disease to go and for pain to go in jesus name and never return never come back I command healing in Jesus' name to all the hurts, to all the pain, all the emotional pain caused in people's lives. And I ask, Lord, that pain would be replaced by peace and that hurt would be replaced by healing. Tears would be replaced by joy. Please, Lord, do a mighty healing work today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, of course, some things you, you can test out straight away to see if God has healed you. Is there anything that you couldn't do before physically that, that, you, that you can do now? Or has the pain level reduced? If so, praise God. Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that he's done that work. And then you can also pray again. Keep praying and ask God to completely heal you. Other things take a bit longer to discover, of course. Um, and sometimes healing can come gradually, like you wake up the next morning and realize that something is different. Anyway, we would love to hear from anyone who's experienced God's healing today. So please do let us know. Um, and Nicola will let you know how to do that in, in just a bit. So bless you. Uh, thank you for listening. And, and let's be looking for opportunities to pray for healing this week. Let's look for opportunities, whether it's with people we know, people on our blessed list, or, or even with people we don't know, who we happen to notice. Let's look for opportunities to pray and let's be brave to do it that we're going to worship together uh, now. So bless you.